Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And a big welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Michael Luby, Lubitz with you on the Believe Podcast Networks. And obviously a huge weekend on tap of National Football League activity, including the Turkey Day triple header, or as we like to look at it, a three-team parlay possibility here, which uh, we did hit on many years ago, although it was our last big hit on the show. (laughs) And that was about, well, many years ago kind of uh, qualifies uh, all you need to know about that when we had the all-animal Turkey Day parlay. I believe we hit with the uh, Lions, the Bears, and the Seahawks. Yes, uh, on the all animal parlay, but I'm not sure exactly what it was, but uh, nonetheless, it worked uh, and we beat the Cowboys in the process. Uh, we welcome to the show uh, one of our favorites when it comes to analyzing the National Football League. And this man is brilliant, been doing it forever. And of course, uh, one of the leading insiders when it comes to uh, information. I mean, you can have Jay Glazer and just stuff him in a box. We have Jason Cole <laughs> with us here on uh, Believe Podcast Networks. Jason, how are you, my friend? Happy holidays. Uh, happy holidays to you, Defo and Luby. Uh, everything is great. Um, the I, I hope you weren't betting the three animal parlay based on them being animals. That was it. It was strictly but, based on the yeah, fact that we represented animals. We were going to be yeah. eating the bird. <laughs> then it might have been the three bird could, parlay. That, that could have been it, it too. I think it was. <laughs> could you? Could you? Could you have the Garanimal Parlay? Uh, I'm going all animal on the first game. I don't know how you feel about what, it. What are you doing? Um, yeah. I'll say this. I will say this. The, yes. the, the only thing that could make me watch all three of these games from start to finish on Thursday, given the matchups that we have, yes. is if I had. Um, money on them. Now, I will not because (laughs) I don't gamble. Um, So I will not be watching all three of these games from start to finish. Um, It's amazing how the moods change of the family members as they lose the first couple of games and and know that their only way to get out is to quadruple up on the final game on the card. Yeah, that's that's not a healthy family situation. <laughs> you think I belong to a healthy family? No, nobody say. gambled in my family. I no, no, I, no I, I'm quite certain you don't. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite certain I'm quite certain you're the, the, the Thanksgiving Day table exactly. is Looks like a sports an unhealthy yeah. combination. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's, multiple, there's multiple like there's not even food out. Like there might exactly. be Cheetos, okay, yeah. right? And <laughs> some beer. There's there's no turkey. There's nothing. There's no like there's no stuff. <laughs> yeah, Schlitz. Schlitz is a good thing. There's probably a dice game going on during commercials. Like let's yes. do this. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's that's, uh, that's, semi-illegal now here in uh, South Florida. Here, I, I actually had my home uh, declared an Indian reservation, a Native American <laughs> reservation. And uh, I have legalized gambling in my neighborhood here in uh, Pompano Beach. Uh, all right, uh, Luby's in a bitter argument. Uh, and, uh, you have to help us out with this, Jason Cole. Uh, and and okay. with a listener that we have uh, called Big Al. All right, and Big Al has been riding Luby's back. Of course, now, Luby of course, is, is one to waffle. Big, Al. and Big Al's at the table on He's, he's also there, yes. Yeah, Big Al will be at my Thanksgiving dinner along with that. And well, you know, you have to have a bookmaker oh, there. No Big Al qualifies. 
Um, okay. But anyway, it's uh, did the did the Dolphins make a huge mistake in your opinion, Jason Cole? I know we've discussed this before, but uh, I mean, I want to see where you're at on this uh, now that that Tua has completed a long pass. How big of a mistake was it taking Tua at number five over Justin Herbert at number six? And will the Dolphins and all of their fans and anybody who covers the team live to regret that for the next 15 years? Well, Justin Herbert's pretty special. You know, I, wa- I watch him. Now, there are some things he does game management-wise um, from time to time that, you know, you sit there and you go, okay, well, he's got to improve that. But we're talking about, you know, really pretty minor things. Um, but, boy, he's good. I'm <laughs> like, he's really good. And uh, I don't know that two is necessarily a mistake. Um, but he's not as good as Herbert. It's, Herbert can sling it. Herbert's got, he's got a little of that sort of, um, you know, he, he's got a killer mentality. Like, and it's like that, that straight face, I'm going to come and I'm just going to, I'm going to destroy you. Um, it, it's not like he's not super emotional or, or over the top. He just comes in and goes, I'm going to sling it and I can beat you. He's got sort of a quieter version of Marino's confidence, being able to throw the ball and put it wherever he wants to put it. Now, I'm not saying he's Marino. Don't, don't, but, but you see the mannerisms of, like, I, I can make any throw on the field and you can't beat me. Um, and that's, you know, like, that's a rare thing. To, uh, Look, I, I get why people were fascinated with Tua, and I still think there's a lot there because there's there's incredible accuracy and there's a great release. That said, he's not gonna he does not have an electric arm. He didn't have an electric arm in college. He had two other qualities that are really important, and that's you know, and might be the most important thing, more important than an electric arm. And that is um, decision making and accuracy, like that. And I, so I get why people were fascinated with Tua, but Justin Herbert, wow, <laughs> like it's it's really fun to watch. Like I'll just I'll just put it that way. Well, and we're talking with Jason Cole, uh, NFL insider, also author, Elway, A Relentless Life, plus other books, and he's working on some other things. And we'll talk with him. About that as well. Follow him, hit him up on Twitter. He's tremendous on Twitter at Jason Cole sixty two. And I'm having to come off of it a little bit because I and I like to. And you're right. We've seen the modern day quarterback accuracy, getting rid of the ball quickly, uh, release, leadership. These are the things we've been focusing on. But back in the day, it was always the big strapping dude that could throw it down the field. And Herbert was that. My my question is, why was Herbert not thought of in higher esteem then? Like, at the time, I actually liked Herbert. That's the funny thing that I debate with people. I liked him coming out of Oregon, but people never talked about him higher than Tua. Like, supposedly the Chargers, if Tua was there, were drooling to get Tua. Like, why were people questioning Herbert so much when all of a sudden, quickly, they were putting him up as Mr. MVP? Well, that's a like, that's a, the whole college perception of Alabama and Oregon and who's great and who's not. Yeah. We get, and... You know, Eastern Eastern football versus Western football in the college level. You know, it's all, it's all that stuff, okay? So Herbert wasn't thought as highly of, you know, because of that. And 
you know, frankly, I think Herbert played in the wrong offense in college. You know, the Oregon, you know, the Oregon offense, and, and, and like we all know where he went there. It's his hometown team. You know, so you know, the, it was never a perfect fit between his talent and what that offense, uh, you know, what that offense really does. So it wasn't. It didn't ever look as, as good as if he had been sort of in a pro style offense and allowed to do what he does to a greater extent. So I, I get it. I, I, I get where the difference is. But here, the, at the end of the day, Herbert was pretty highly regarded. He went yeah. six overall. And I think it's, it's not like it's not like he the entire league passed on him four yeah. times. It's it, it was a matter of okay, some people like you know like Tua a lot more, and they see what see what they like about him and everything else. And then some people look at Herbert and say, okay, well, that guy seems like he's the next best, and it's pretty damn close to Tua. What has happened, in, which is not atypical in quarterback drafts, is the next guy is better. I mean, look at the Mitch Trubisky, uh, Watson, Mahomes draft, right? Who's the best out of those three? The guy, the guy who was taken, you know, after the, after the first guy. Jason Cohn with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Jason, uh, the ultimate NFL insider. All right, well, uh, the signs were all there uh, when uh, this uh, draft unfolded and, and these uh, new uh, wave quarterbacks, uh, the incoming class of quarterbacks, if you will, came into the NFL that Mac Jones was going to be a standout because Luby condemned the pick. <laughs> And literally was gargling yeah, the well, for three uh, yeah, weeks uh, leading up to the draft. That's an automatic. Yes, and uh, you know he, he uh, you know assessing as his usual Stevie Wonder self uh, now is singing my Sharia more in chorus every time he watches this guy play. Now a couple of things uh, come into play there. Uh, does Belichick have a guy that he can latch onto? I mean, it's a premature evaluation as we're inclined to make here on these kind of shows, but uh, I mean, it looks like he's got a guy that uh, is similar. And some characteristics too, dare I say it? The great one himself, Tom Brady. Well, I mean, I mean uh, yeah, initial I mean, stages but, with the Patriots yeah. and the same results. Right. They're they're very much built from the same you know, the same foundation. I mean, neither one of them is gonna be running very much. Uh, neither one of them is is gonna win um, some throwing contest of you know, measuring accuracy and arm strength and all those kinds of things, right? So they're they're not, you know, like they don't overwhelm you with with throwing ability. But what they do overwhelm you with is, okay, again, accuracy, decision making, and as Belichick, I, I sat in Belichick's office once. He made me wait. How what was it? Twelve hours one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was literally. He made no. This is literally true. He made me wait eleven hours. Oh my day Wow. To get a sit down interview with him, and there was a certain point where I was like, "No, I'm waiting." Yeah, you know, like the the Patriots media relations people came in and go, "We we could try to do something over the phone later." I'm like, "No, I'm sticking it out." Ah, good for you. Like, because I, I was like, I, I was like, you're going to wait him out. Like, yeah, I'm waiting yeah, exactly. him out. I'm, I'm waiting him out. You know, like he said, he was going to give me time. I'm waiting him out. Nice. And so finally at 10 o'clock that night, I got there at 11 in the morning. Oh my God. At 10 o'clock at wow. night, I got, in, I got led into his office. He gave me an hour of time. It was nice. awesome. Right. Oh, and so we just talked and talked and talked, you know, and the thing he said, he goes, look, you have to be accurate and you have to be, 
you know, you have to make good decisions. If you don't have that, nothing else matters. Um, so I, I defer to that. And so with Mac Jones, he has a guy who is very accurate and makes good decisions. Um, now he's not lighting up the field with his arm. Um, and you'd like to have that, but he has the two most important qualities that go with it. Um, will he be the best of those quarterbacks who were drafted this year? You know, we'll see. Um, but the, but he's in a system that caters to him with pretty decent talent. They went out and got two really good tight ends, not great tight ends, but really good tight ends. So if you're, if you don't have an electric arm, you know, you want to work the middle of the field constantly with those guys. And then you'll add hopefully a better wide receiver because they haven't had a really good wide receiver in so long. I mean, it's, just, it, it's a shame really that, that, they end. They ended with the kind of receivers that they had with Brady, but hopefully they improved that position. But they're certainly very good at at tight end, and they've got a good solid running game. So they have the perfect, uh, perfect sort of plan with the quarterback that they have. After hours with Defon Luby here on the Believe Podcast Network, talking with NFL insider extraordinaire, the one and only Jason Cole. Okay, the team that was supposed to win it all out of the AFC wasn't the Chiefs by a lot of people's estimation. It was the Buffalo Bills. However, the la- two out of the last three games, they played, by most accounts, lesser opponents in the Jags and the Colts and did not look like themselves. What have you seen different about the Bills the last few weeks as opposed to what we saw earlier in the season? Uh, they've done a really good – the program team's done a really good job of taking away digs and, um, you know, the running game. The running game is – is non-existent for them. So they've, and, and in addition to that, they've kept Allen in the pocket um, and not allowed him to get, really get free for big plays with his legs because their, their running game is defective. They don't have an ability to pound people that the way that you do consistently is set up your passing game. And so you can take away their passing game um, pretty effectively, um, and teams have done that right now. Now the question is, do they have a counter punch for that, and do the other wide receivers going to produce at a higher level because that's what they need to do? And are they going to get some production out of their tight end position because they haven't done gotten a lot of that yet? So I'm not really too worried about the Bills. I mean, teams go through this where opponents figure out how to take stuff away. And then you come back and, and you fix it. It's sort of like Tampa went through a bad stretch for a couple of games. Now, I think that they were just bored for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. And they needed some challenge to get, to be sharp. And they, But they came back and they were sharp. And I still think the Bills overall are very talented and are going to be, you know, are they going to be there at the end? But it's not like they were invincible. I mean, like we, we got a little too caught up in, you know, the Bills are the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, that, that doesn't that doesn't really exist. It's sort of like Tennessee. Everybody was in love with Tennessee for a couple of weeks um, too and thought they have the formula and they're going to roll through everybody. It's like, no, they're just okay. They still, you know, you still look and go, it's Ryan Tannehill. Like he's not, he's not going to destroy everybody. He's like, he's a really good sort of latter day um, Rich Gannon. Um, He's a souped up version of that. He's not a great player. Jason Cole, our special guest on After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on the Believe Podcast Networks. Uh, now, uh, 
This happened to me a couple of times where I was stunned to see somebody that I knew uh, make an appearance on TV. In this case, it was two friends of mine that showed up in separate episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. But I remember uh, feeling uh, very heartened by the fact that I saw you being interviewed on HBO Real Sports and this story about this guy that, uh, you know, and, and we have great admiration for a guy who can fake his way into any college, especially some of these high-end uh, universities that this guy was getting mm-hmm. accepted to as like right. a 40-year-old track guy. And I, I remember being fascinated by the story. Uh, is this not your latest endeavor? You're, you're doing a book about uh, this whole story, which uh, was really, really James great Hope. stuff. Yeah, James Hope. No, I'm, I'm actually writing a screenplay about James Hope. Oh, fantastic. Um, Ooh, even better. Wow, look at you. Skip yeah. the book. Yeah. Let's go right so, to the big screen. Yeah. I like it. Well, there was a book written. There was a book, book written about him, and it's kind of an odd book. I, I don't want. It was David Samuel's. It's very well written, but it's not necessarily about Hogue himself. It's 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 an odd book. But suffice to say, there's a lot of information out there in that book about Hogue and the things that he did. That sort of a follow up to all the reporting I did. When, yes, I did expose the fact that he had lied his way into Princeton University, which is really fun. Now we've. We're writing a screenplay that's based entirely, and I think it's going to be fun. Like there's there's some really, really there's some really good stuff that we've 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 got in the screenplay. Of course, everybody's written a screenplay, and we'll sell it, see if I can sell it. And, you know, me and my partner who, who are writing it together. Um, but that's what we're doing. Um, that's one of several projects that are waiting out there. Um, you know, there's I, I just finished a book. On a young man who was uh, was crippled while playing in a rugby match four years ago uh, for the for the national championship. He's he's a wonderful story. He's a motivational speaker named Robert Paler, and I'm trying to sell another book project, which you would love. This is this is straight up your alley, Defo. This is the one that yes, you really about a guy who loses Let's all his money at the harness track. Yeah. Well, no, he's it's a career gambler um, <laughs> who's a blackjack player. Nice. Literally, it is. There you go. That's, this, and he's Sweet. a real person. He's he's your kind of guy. His um, his name is R.J. Cipriani, and he is a high roller. You know, twenty to sixty thousand dollar a hand blackjack wow. player. Wow, that's he's, too rich for my blood. He's big time. But the but the real key is that he got involved. Um, he got involved with a guy who was trying to launder drug money about, it was about 10 years ago. Um, guy was trying to, you know, it was at an Australian casino, some high end casino in there. And this guy who's a cocaine and heroin dealer was trying to give him cash to gamble it and, and do that kind of thing. Not that anything, yes. uh, untoward would ever happen at a casino. Man. Not that there would ever be money. Oh, I mean, uh, it that, sounds like you know, a perfect just, match. I mean, we've been in these situations many times. <laughs> yes. Right. Do you mind making so, a bet so for anyways, me? Uh, how much? <laughs> several hundred thousand. I don't think so. Yes. That's not a good idea for me. Yes. Um, no, this, this guy, yeah, it was about three and a half million dollars that they tried to get him to gamble to, to clean that money for him. And, and it led to a 10 year FBI investigation, which ended up with taking down not only that drug dealer, but then a, uh, a guy who was selling encrypted cell phones to drug dealers, including the Sinaloa cartel. And wow. then the top analyst for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. And internet intelligence, who was sharing international drug lord secrets um, about 
investigations being done by, you know, like the American government, the Canadian government, the French government, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's a pretty wild story. So I'm working that's on trying that's to that's some serious intrigue, uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, it's kind of weird uh, when you're in the, the sports book there and you uh, see all of El Chapo's people screaming for the Cowboys. <laughs> you know, just uh, hoping that they get something back for this money that he's Here, let, let me tell you, there's one, there's, there's one scene in this book where uh, basically all of the Sinaloa cartel wives show up at the trial of the drug dealer in San Diego. Um, and it's basically they're all there to say, we're watching you ah. and we're listening to oh, you. God. Right. It was, yeah. they used the wives and they're, you know, and, and they are, these wives are exactly what you expect. They're all dressed in the nine hot looking Latin women and all this kind of stuff. And they're all in the courtroom staring at the guy who's under arrest. Basically, if you think about squealing, you're dead. Your entire family is dead. The whole bit. That's that's yeah. what went on in this one. It's We've really it's similar really messages. Awesome, yes, <laughs> many many times. That's why I don't ever yeah. answer my phone. Uh, Jason, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here. Good luck with all of these projects. They all sound fascinating. You're always telling great stories, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and uh, illuminating uh, our, our thoughts about the National Football League and agreeing with Big Al. Thanks for being with us here on the show. No problem. Enjoy, and uh, you know, don't, don't too lose too much of the uh, Thanksgiving Day um, table. <laughs> Three-team parlays, uh, that's all that matters, uh, totals, whatever you want to, you know, we'll, we'll be betting it all. And then there's some college games, so uh, it's a full slate uh, of degenerate uh, feasting God. taking place on Thanksgiving. Right, yeah. Thanks, well, uh, say, Jason. Say Always a pleasure. For me. Right. We will. <laughs> we'll do. That's a uh, bookmaker is an essential uh, at a Thanksgiving gathering, is it not? Uh, you don't need it anymore, right, uh, with all these phone apps, although uh, just shot down by a federal judge. Sports betting in South Florida or Florida, the state. Oh, that's pretty wild, though, Louie. We'll get into that story uh, again in I'm a sure. future edition of After Hours. Uh, we are After Hours, and it's uh, been a pleasure being with you. Jeff DeForest, Mike, Luby Lubitz, After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I uh, hope you guys have a great holiday, and we'll see you next time on Believe Podcast Networks. Buy or lease a Taos and take it to the house at Deal Volkswagen. Anna and her team make your next VW purchase or lease so easy with new inventory rolling in daily and the biggest selection of certified pre-owned vehicles in the business. You can make your deal online at dealvolkswagen.com or visit the beautiful showroom in the classic location, 3601 Bird Road, right in the heart of the Gables. Or give Anna and the team a deal a call at 305-448-DEEL. Jettas, Passats, Tiguans, Atlas models, and the hottest vehicle in the industry, the new Taos, all at unbeatable prices and all ready to roll off the showroom floor at the number one Volkswagen dealership around, Deal Volkswagen. Hey folks, Tony Segreto here. What if I told you you could go to a great restaurant, feel completely safe because their COVID protocol is unmatched, have an amazing meal, have a great time. When the bill comes, you won't get sticker shock. You're going to say that's too good to be true. No, it's not because I'm talking about Texas Roadhouse. Great family atmosphere, great atmosphere for a couple, great atmosphere if you just want to go by yourself and watch a game and have the coldest beer in town. And while you're doing that, have the best bread in town. All at Texas Roadhouse. Everything you get there is fresh every day and made sure it's served at your table, hot and ready to go. And the best part is you don't get sticker shock because the prices are amazing. Texas Roadhouse. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.